Well, today we decided to do an underrated versus overrated team, and at the end we're gonna determine which one of them would win in a matchup. Hey, so I think the way we should do this is start off by just comparing positions by the cornerback and just try to figure out why we kept them that certain. So, Arya, let's kick it off with your starting quarterback. Yep, so I'm in charge of the overrated team and I'm in charge of the underrated team. So my starting quarterback... And only comment if you think we got anything controversial wrong. Yep, utilize the comments for that. And the starting quarterback on my most overrated team is Mr. Ryan Tannehill. He put up a pretty nice season. But that contract extension, I'm pretty sure Tennessee's gonna regret that within a year. Yeah, I see that happening. Felt like that was kind of too much of an outlet season compared to others. After that, underrated starting quarterback. I'm not sure if I call him extremely underrated for one and only one reason. It's Biwa. John Watson? I don't think he's even here because I just think just getting he's able like last year specifically. I don't consider having terrible talent around him, just in general. But what was he able to do? Like in that Raiders game, he could go like we could go face go through like a yeah. was it not a touchdown? I'm not sure if it wasn't Yeah, yeah, so it was a creep to the head. Then he went like this and threw the ball over. It was to the eye. Yeah, creep to the eye. He just went around, threw the ball to his running back, and he ran up for the second round. He's a magician. And let me follow that up by giving my, you guys, my bad cop quarterback, Baker Mayfield. I think that quite underrated. Like, he still has the potential there to become one of the better quarterbacks in this world. He does, but if he, if he continues to waste the talent around him, uh, I see that Brown's drafting a quarterback if he can't do it. Yeah. So the main Um, and my backup. Mayfield here, I just had a more of a developmental prospect. Well, for sure, I would say the other two quarterbacks on my list, I will currently have open. And my backup. Uh, overrated quarterback is Dwayne Haskins. Oh, an interesting choice. He he simply did not produce. I don't I don't understand why Washington was even try, like was even trying to treat him well in the beginning. Like if he's not going to work hard, because apparently he's not been showing any signs of determination in practice, which is a huge thing that the team needs. And that's probably why they got in Kyle Allen. I think Kyle Allen is way better. Okay, I'm not saying anything like Kyle Allen is even near a decent quarterback, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't even think he's a near decent quarterback, but he's better than Dwayne Haskins. Let's just something with Dwayne Haskins. And exactly, I'm going to start out by giving my third and fourth quarterback, James Winston and Andy Dalton. Let's start off with James. Remember being 30-30 this year, but you have to pick, but using the only check-ups are from touchdowns. 
it's almost you wouldn't care if someone has like let's say a rookie quarterback is a 15-15 season you wouldn't care James Winston is like he's a larger affection version of that I don't really see the connection I think I think I don't know why I feel like a LASIK might have put something up but not really too sure at the moment uh-huh. could have helped and after that Andy Dalton is known for being a solid average quarterback if you keep Andy Dalton into the Cleveland Browns automatically a playoff team Super Bowl contender I think the Cowboys should start Dalton instead of that ooh that's actually a bold prediction I think Dalton is better all around. I'm going to disagree with that. No, no, listen, listen. Put their, put their stats side. Dak has, what, Dak has a quarterback's dream around him. Eddie Dalton didn't really have much to work with sure. right, in the early stage of his career. And their stats are literally neck and neck. But the point is that the difference is like Dak has a rushing ability when it's less. Well, I'm going to consider more of a traditional quarterback. But he makes it work. So that's, that's kind of why I like him. Um, my third and fourth string quarterbacks are Jared Goff and Tom Brady. Oh, that's actually interesting. Tom Brady? So Jared Goff, the Rams paid him too early after that Super Bowl year. Uh, yeah, when everything went down the drain. I definitely do not like what the Rams. Actually, see, Jared Goff could be a better quarterback, but the Rams are stuck in a cap space thing, and they removed. They they literally removed his, one of his number one targets in college. Yeah, I would consider at the moment Jared Goff just to be a general average game manager, because if you just take a quick look, what the real difference between Jared Goff having like an amazing ish Super Bowl season, which wasn't really even that great if you look at the numbers. Uh-huh. Compared to like a terrible season last year, I think the main difference would get is having a battle line. It's usually different. Yeah, here's the thing. They, the Rams, Jared Goff being overrated isn't as so much as his fault. The Rams gave him a trash O line. They paid him too early. They removed his star running back. Uh, they're in a cap space problem. His defense is gone. What more can you say? And as for Tom Brady, I'm not saying he's going to be bad on the Bucks. In fact, I think the Bucks are a late playoff team too. They're going to be in the playoffs late. But saying he's going to win a Super Bowl in Tampa this year, going to win, going to win the home game. I'm sorry, that's not happening. Okay, just think about it in perspective. Realize that this guy is still 43 years old, and we saw. Clear deterioration from him last year, especially if you check his PFF grade. There was a steep decline. Oh yeah, and going back to the game manager thing, at this point in his career, I'm completely fine with Brady being a game manager. He's he's been he's been the team leader for 20 years, and, and he's, 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 40, he's 43. He deserves a break, you know. And but going back to uh, Jared Goff, yeah. he's so young. He should not be a game manager. And just in general, in contrast, Tom Brady, I would actually say the Bucks were one of the better spots for him for one specific reason. The Bucks had everything he needs, a perfect wide receiver core he never had in New England. And I mean, he And he doesn't really have like a coach that to argue with. 
But and guess what? Guess what? This offseason, they picked. They knew Brady was coming in town, and Brady loves his running backs. They picked up LaShawn McCoy, and they picked up. Him. It's just like building like a perfect. He's building your team around the quarterback. It's like a win. Whereas, whereas in New England, Tom Brady didn't get anything from the coaching staff. Now moving on to the next position in our roster, the running backs. My running back group is Joe Mixon, Mark Ingram, and Marlon Mack. My running back group is Derrick Henry, Carlos Hyde, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and Melvin Gordon. Yeah. Just I, I'm sorry, Carlos Hyde is not producing the same way he did in Houston. But, like, Houston, hey, hey. Houston already had a bad O-line, the O-line just got worse. He's not producing that well in Seattle. Derrick Henry, I still love him. I think he's going to be still a thousand yard rusher. But assuming that he's going to have the rushing title again, he's going to be able to carry Tennessee, especially losing to Jack Conklin. That's not helping him in any way. Uh, going down to Melvin Gordon, really? Like, come on, man. You, you, he's not he's not playing that well anymore. And he held out that much on his contract just to be traded to a team that doesn't need a run. And Le'Veon Bell, I'm not saying he's bad, right? He was a monster on the season. He just has to regain form. He, like, he lost a Hall of Fame quarterback. He lost an amazing O-line. He had an amazing caster on him. He doesn't have that injury. And my running back starting me off with Joe Mixon. Just got a contract recently. And he was pretty underpaid, I would say. And he's one of the smaller running backs, in my opinion. He still has that speed to him. And just kind of shifty, but because it's from the Bengals, and most teams who do not win never get their players recognized. And my second running back, Mark Ingram, he actually had a quite good season last year, but I don't think anyone noticed it too well. Baltimore he never won rushing offense. Yeah, he had a thousand and eight rushing yards. Keep that in mind. No one knows that. And like after his Saints career, where he was just known to be a back with Alvin Kamara, after that he's like radio away out of nowhere. I don't think I haven't heard anyone talk about him in a while, but he had a thousand yards last year. He's one of the better rushers in the NFL. Yeah, super underrated. I completely agree with you. And after that is Marlon Mack. Running back for the Colts. He played quite well last year in some games. Honestly, I don't even really see why people say Nikki Hines is going to end up taking over Marlon Mack's job. That's not going to happen. They're, saying, they're both, they're, playing they're both last solid year. trusty. They're both solid and trusty, but I just trust Marlon Mack more. Just oh, yeah, oh, yeah. You already know him. You already know his school, so you know how to scheme around. If I need a quick three or four yard pickup, I'm giving the ball to Mac. Because I know we can get it done. Next up, uh, we got the wide receiver. This one, this one was. I just filled this in within like three seconds. It was pretty simple. So my wide receiving core on the most overrated team in the NFL is Amari Cooper, Michael Thomas, uh, Sammy Watkins, and T.Y. Hill. Wait a minute, that's a Super Bowl wide receiving court, not gonna lie. <laughs> it's a little worthy, but yeah. Contrasting to that, uh, my receiver core is Alan Robinson, 
Devonte Adams, Tyler Boyd, and Emmanuel Sanders. Uh huh. So uh, I'll do mine first. Amari Cooper. He was amazing on the Raiders. I think he just lost his edge on the Cowboys. Like, I mean, he was already starting to lose his uh, edge in well, at the time Oakland, right? He was already starting to lose his edge. So that's why they traded him. Uh, I definitely think the Raiders won that trade. And signing him to $100 million was definitely not the best move the Cowboys could have done. Moving on to Michael Thomas. Okay, here's the thing, okay? He's a phenomenal receiver. He's amazing. 149 receptions. 1725. What more do you need from a receiver, right? Yeah, what more thing you need from a receiver? Don't get 149 receptions, get 150. I don't care. Okay, that, here's another thing. 150 Michael be- Thomas isn't the best deep runner. He runs a lot of slants and fakes. Uh, I don't have a problem with it, but I'm saying, like, you can't consider yourself a goat if you're going to run slants and fakes. Sorry. And even I can run slants and fakes like that. And I, I was saying he's a phenomenal player. I'd definitely take him over any of these receivers. And I think I think he's a top five receiver for sure. And yeah, so, but I, I, what I'm saying is just he needs to cut down the slants and fakes if he wants to actually not be underrated. Sammy Watkins, in my opinion, he was never really what what the Clemson product was aspired to be. Um, he I don't think does he even have a thousand yard receiving uh, year on his resume? Have a he might he might have one from Buffalo, yeah. but he's not really getting the job done in Kansas City. I don't think it was the most useful pickup, but it I mean it got them to the championship, so I'm not complaining about that. Uh, and Ty Hilton, he was so underrated for so long. Uh, I mean, Sammy Watkins had exactly one thousand uh, yard receiving season, and that was in Buffalo in 2015. Almost did it in his rookie year, like 92, but never really actually picked up with the same, producing the same level. Yeah, he, he's never been there. But one going, thing mainly a constant is his average catch, but that's it. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I, I just don't think he is what he was supposed to be out of Clemson. Yeah. And going on to my last wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. He was so underrated for so long that when Colts fans started hyping him up, he completely lost that underrated edge. And he actually produced a, he started with a very small decline, if you've noticed. And I think, I don't know, maybe Michael Pittman might take some of the things away from him in terms of being able to receive and stuff like that. His yards might go down because of that. Kiway Hilton was, only, was like the only true receiver, I guess, on the Colts. But at this, at this point in his career, He's not producing the way everyone wanted him to, and it's overrated. Yeah, I can see that. And now, next, the first receiver on my list is not the number one receiver in the league, but the number three receiver in the league, okay? Okay, in my opinion, he's the number one receiver in the league, but yeah, you can roll with that. <laughs> I can roll with As long as you have him in your top three, I'm fine. Yeah, number three is where I go. It's Devontae Adams, easily quite underrated, just been quite solid for the Packers over the years. And just in general comparison, these are actually way better stats than most people even imagine just saying that like, he's going to break out this year. That is 
it's like the exact opposite. I would say he like broke out in 2016. He's been like consistent performer since then. Well, I have I have him breaking out even more. Yeah, he's gonna break out even more. I can see that happening. But 2016 is where I would say is when he actually like first broke out, and he's been improving. I would say since then. And after that, next receiver on my list, which is underrated, is Allen Robinson. Where is starting number one receiver? I would honestly keep him and say, I don't know if you guys ever knew this. He was part of the 2017 Jaguars that made to the AFC Championship. And I don't know if this surprises you, that's when his largest season was. And he was amazing that season. 1,400 yards. He's even better than most people think. You see Allen Robinson, usually you just think of him as a steal and like mid-rounds and fantasy draft, but. Uh, and the thing you have to realize is, you know who, you know what quarterbacks this guy's had? He's had, uh, he's had Mitch Trubisky right now. Nick Foles is not gonna be much of an upgrade. Didn't he have Blake Bortles for a while? Yeah, and even Chase Daniel. Yeah, Chase Daniel, man. This guy, this guy's putting up 1,000 yard seasons with those guys. Crazy. And the number three wide receiver in my league is the Bengals. Arguably number one receiver, Tyler Bart. I would consider him at the moment over AJ Green. I feel like he's just become a bit old by now, but. Yeah. And at the moment, Tyler Boyd is still emerging in that sense. Proving to be like a extremely good number two, and even like a quite quality number one. Yeah, if and, I had this for number one receiver, I would be. And for the final receiver on my receiving court is Emmanuel Sanders. Final rated, as we saw him last year with San Francisco. Even after that injury, he was just able to produce amazingly. If you combine both his tenure at Denver and San Francisco last year, he performed extremely well. Yeah, he did. He really did. Because he had 367 yards with the Broncos and 502 with the Niners. Mm-hmm. Just to keep this in general perspective, he even has a passing touchdown. Against his now current team now, the Saints. Huh. <laughs> Probably why we got him. And I think I think his production is probably going to go up on the Saints. Yeah, and on my in my opinion, I would say that even though he's a number two receiver, I'm going to say that he's going to get 800 yards. Oh yeah, okay. I think he's better than Ted Ginn Jr. Sure. That rounds on my receiver report. Alright, so we're moving on to my personal favorite position on the field, the tight ends. And my tight end squad on the most overrated team in the NFL is Rob Gronkowski, tight end Jimmy Graham, Austin Hooper, and Greg Olson. Following that up, my tight end core on the most underrated one. It's Jared Cook as my starter, then Kyle Rudolph. Following 
that up with OJ Howard and David Njoku. Uh-huh. So my reasoning, Rob Gronkowski. Okay, uh, yeah, here's the thing, okay. He came out of retirement. He's going to win a completely new system. He hasn't played football in years. His quarterback, I'm pretty I'm not sure if he knows, he's washed. I'm not saying Brady is bad. I'm not saying Brady's bad. He's just not the Brady and Gronk. It's not gonna be the same Brady and Gronk connection that we used to see in the past. He doesn't have Belichick anymore. He doesn't have the Patriots organization. So I'm not sure how he's gonna work in this. He's moving from a super cold place to a super hot place. I'm not sure that affects too much, but you got what I'm saying. And Madden gave him a 95. That's just overrating him, just straight up. He's yeah, on top, on top of everything I just said, Madden gave him a 95. You're just telling me that Gronk is the third best tight end in the league? Did you uh, tell me straight up that Dallas Goder is ranked as number three tight end in the league? I am good with that. I agree with you. If that is what you believe, I am fine with that. But, but Rob Gronkowski, Rob I'm not even going to rank him until I see him in the season, to be honest. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, unless he performs well, he's still in the bottom 10. If he lives up to that 95 number, then I, 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 have, I have my everlasting respect for Rob. Yeah. Uh, going to Jimmy He's Rand. coming back from his wide time at injury, so that might help him too. Yeah, that's going to, it's going to be, I, I, I'm just really excited to see Gronk, actually. Uh, Jimmy Graham, don't know why the Bears paid for him. I don't get what the point of that was. They have like 50 tight ends in their roster. Even Paying him for half the price, I think he would have uh, accepted. Yeah, dude, he probably would have accepted. He's probably gonna retire soon, to be honest. Uh, he's not the same. I would keep him in the Hall of Fame too. Huh? I would actually keep him in the Hall of Fame. I wouldn't either, to be honest. It was pretty average. No, I said I would. Oh, really? I wouldn't. To be honest. No, I'm just gonna actually just keep him in the Hall of Fame for his sixth. You know what? I'll give him a second ballot. I'm not. I'm not a first ballot. Yeah, I can I can agree with that. Uh, he's not he's not gonna be the same thing as he was in Green Bay. Like it's not like think of it, you're going from A Rod to Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, okay. Well, we can move on from Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> Next up, Austin Hooper. He was just an added luxury on the Browns. I think David Njoku is definitely just. I think David Njoku. He's definitely. He's already getting the job done. I don't get, I don't get what he's saying. No, like he's following up. My last going from my roster is David Njoku. <laughs> and he's going from Matt Ryan, an amazing O line, to Baker Mayfield in an O line that still needs to learn how to work together. He's going from having like Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, all these first round picks around him. So I mean, he still has amazing people around him, like Nick Chubb and uh, Beckham. Oh. And Landry, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. The supporting pieces, I'm not going to give too much, but I'm saying the quarterback, the organization, the offensive line, that's going to affect him. And, he's, and on top of that, he's just an added luxury. Greg Olson, the Seahawks, I don't get why they signed him. Will Disley is their man. I think Will Disley's pretty good. He's pretty solid, actually. And oh, he's, he's definitely overpaid, coming in at $7 million for one season. And he's not going to produce the same way in his prime in Carolina. And following that up, after David Njoku, my third tight end is OJ Howard of the Bucks. I really see them needing to take Rob Gronkowski, actually. OJ oh, yeah, Howard, oh, yeah. yeah, Howard is like quite a big tight end. Most people don't see it because he's, I would consider him a better blocker than passer. 
Well, I heard that they got Rob Gronkowski to make Brady feel more at home. Mm-hmm. Sure. Honestly, they should have traded for Julian Edelman, maybe. <laughs> or you just trade for Diddy and Mandola and who else was on those teams? Chris Hogan and why don't you get everything <laughs> the Detroit Lions? Just take Bill Belichick. And take the Detroit Lions players. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, there's so many Patriot players there. <laughs> Following that up, my starting two tight ends happen to be Kyle Rudolph and Jerry Cook. You got me here already. Kyle Rudolph, I don't know how people are saying Irv Smith is going to replace him. He's been solid throughout the years as a reliable number one tight end option. And Jerry Cook kind of burst out this year. I have him as like an overwhelming sleeper if you want to see that in our fantasy. Yeah, if you go back to our fantasy video, we were actually very surprised at the other Vikings tight end. He's such a no-name, I don't even know his name. Earl Smith. Yeah, Earl Smith. Uh, we're surprised he was over Kyle Rudolph in the fantasy tight end. Yeah. And Jerry Pickle used to bring out last year, even though I said he was a good tight end before that, I would consider him. At, with the Raiders, but I think the Saints really just unlocked his full potential. That's what that's what the Saints do to people. Hmm. Sure. That's what that's what we're so high on E-Man. And let's follow that up by now just going through our O-lines. Mm-hmm. Save your time here. We're just gonna go through our starting O-line members. Yeah, we're not gonna do, we're not. Gonna, I don't think we should explain this O-line. Yeah, it's O-line. We'll just go through. Yeah, so. so- my most overrated O-line uh, roster. Uh, my two guards are Elijah Wilkinson and, and Mike Kiyopati of the Seahawks and Denver. Broncos? Yeah, Broncos. I forgot what team it was. My center is Billy Price of the Bengals. My left tackle is Andre Dillard of the Eagles. My other left tackle is Tyrell Crosby of the Detroit Lions. My right tackle is Joe Haig of Tampa Bay. And my other right tackle is Sam Pevy of the Chargers. My guard, starting guard is Kalichi Ozumili. If you haven't heard him, he used to be a good guard for you to go recently. His name isn't known anymore. And then my, and then center is Weston Richburg from the Niners. Starting left tackle is Chris Hover from the Cleveland Browns. Right tackle is Titus Howard. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that, that seems enough. And his quick over, a line over here. After that line, he's quickly move on to the D line. Yeah. Let's start off by a quick overview and going back to the two most underrated players on our lines. Well, mine is the overrated. I think that might make it easier. Yeah, so I'm just gonna do, oh, the, my, the whole the full front seven. Defensive ends and linebackers. All right, okay. Uh, my two defensive tackles on my most overrated team. Okay, yeah, do my front seven for the most overrated team. Defensive tackle, Solomon Thomas and the San Francisco 49ers. Defensive tackle, Daquan Jones for Tennessee Titans. Defensive end Carlos Dunlop for the Cincinnati Bengals. Defensive end Dante Fowler Jr. for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, outside linebacker Paul Alexander for the San Francisco 49ers. Outside linebacker Jordan Brooks for the Seattle Seahawks. 
uh, inside linebacker Jermaine Edmonds for the Buffalo Bills and inside linebacker Andre Smith for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, for me, my underrated seven are Javon Hargrave, Philadelphia. Defensive tackle, aka nose tackle, via via. Defensive ends are Casey, Joel Casey, and Yannick Mugakwe. And the uh, outside linebackers for me, TJ Watt and Nick Kwiatkowski. And inside linebackers, Fred Warner and Rogue Wanson. Two noble ones on my team, I'm going to say straight out TJ Watt and Fred Warner. On the line Two back. notable ones on mine, or actually both on the Niners, Solomon Thomas and Quan Alexander. Yeah, they started off by saying Mick TJ Watt. He is easily one of the most underrated players. Just in general context, what was his batting rating, Aria? 84. Now compare that to his brother JJ's rating. 98. And now we compare something else. How many sacks do you think TJ Watt had this season? Didn't he have 14 and a half sacks and eight forced fumbles or something like that? Um, yeah. You were actually exactly on point. And if, yeah, eight forced fumbles. Actually, you know what's funny? I, in the morning, I was watching a video called the players drafted before TJ Watt. So I know. So. And right before that, Guess what strategy JJ had this year? Uh, two sacks. Four sacks. When you see the distance, and now you compare the management, I trust one of them saying he's overrated. Oh, wait. Actually, let me, let me tell you something I bench here. My, okay, oh, I'm gonna quickly do my, that's just two defensive ends and one linebacker. I'm gonna do my uh, over, underrated, I mean, overrated front seven bench. Frank Clark, outside linebacker, and you guessed it, J.J. Watt. <laughs> How often does that happen? I mean, am I wrong? Honestly, no. Exactly. And we're not talking about in his career, we're talking about this season, by the way. And for me, my two underrated front seven members on my bench are Justin Houston of the Colts. And Martin Zocha. I agree with that completely. Justin Houston and DeForest Buckner are going to be scary. And I don't know if you guys have used Martin Zocha in like a previous Madden. And I have Madden 19. That's what I use. Martin Zocha is like actually quite a good user of linebacker than what you expect. Mm-hmm. That's probably how I know his name, kind of. But I've looked at Kim highlights of him over some time. He's been quite solid than most people say. Yeah, he's pre- I, he's pretty good. I, I only know him because I played Madden 19 at your house. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he act, he's actually kind of scary. Don't sleep on it. And here's my overrated secondary. There's going to be some controversial things in here. But it's, it's what I think. Uh, the Giants rookie free safety Xavier McKinney, the Las Vegas Raiders strong safety Jeff Heath, and cornerbacks Byron Jones and Desmond Trufant. I agree with 
you went every single piece you just said there, except one Byron Jones. See, I don't think he's overrated that much. He hasn't produced. I see what you're saying. He hasn't produced, but if you just there are some plays where you can't really produce, but I would say he's on the lockdown corner on some plays. Well, here's the thing. I'm not paying $18 million to a guy that hasn't proved himself yet, even after being in the Okay, league. if you put him on the contract, I for sure agree with that. He, okay. I'm talking about contract to production over time. Yeah, I can agree with that for one specific reason. Why is Stefan Gilmore the highest paid quarterback in the league yet? That, that that's beyond me. That's beyond. Well, actually, he's still on his original deal from the past, I think. Yeah, like after he came from the Bills. Uh, I mean, does this contract ended like a year? Yeah, so I would expect Stephon Gilmore to get twenty mil, maybe. At least, I'm, that's it. That's the least I'm paying that guy. If he manages to like, if Bell Bell's like me, I don't want to pay this contract. Let some other team do this. Your team will be destroyed forever. Dude, Bill, that's the one guy. Like, Bill Belichick already made the mistake letting go of Chandler Jones. He better not do it. Yeah, following that up, my secondary is Lamarcus Joyner as my backup. You say Malik Hooker is my starting. Esmet and King and Chris Harris, both charging secondary. And on the bench, I got cornerbacks Lloyd and Ryan, recently picked up by the Giants, and Charvarius Ward <laughs> from KC. Let me start off by going. Oh, wait, 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 one second. I have two cornerbacks on my bench who are Patrick Peterson, and here's a very big surprise Jalen Ramsey. Wait, what? Yes. He is not overrated. He is not overrated. Yes, he is overrated. He's a top three corner. Yeah, but he's not the number one corner. Who's the number one corner? Bro, do you know how many Los Los Angeles Rams fans claim he's the number one corner? It's not him being overrated as a player. It's people overrating him. Yeah, I can see what you're saying there, but... Who are you? Okay, let's just get a quick overview. Who are the top three corners in your opinion? Number one, Gilmore. Number two, Sherman. Number three, Ramsey. Exact same with me. Or, but here's the thing. I think Trey Ramsey. Ramsey can be switched out with Tredavious White. Okay, for me, Ramsey can be switched out with Slay, but yeah. I have Slay as a definite four. So either Tredavious White or Jalen Ramsey are going to be four. Yeah. Moving on, let's just start off with our special teams. For me, my underrated special teams is Mitch Wyshnowski, Young Cow Koo, and Lee Gross. My and overrated special teams. These three players, guess who I'm paying the most? Guess who has the largest contract? Lee Gross, my long snapper. That's how I'm great the corner and kicker I had no clue on who they are, so we just in a number. No, if you consider a long snapper underrated or overrated, so I just put the I just put the cheapest long snapper, snapper up there. Oh, I just pick a random number from 132, and then I'm like, e, you're my long snapper. <laughs> so 
the longest temper doesn't matter, but I have him on here. Uh, Dan Godzilla Cincinnati. Uh, my kicker is Mason Crosby, who's definitely my very over. And my punter is Johnny and Hunter. Also, insanely for no reason over here. For me, uh, just being more in depth, Connor Mitchell-Snowski, probably one of the better rookie punters I've seen over the years. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he had like, a really, really good punt in the playoffs. I don't know if you remember, but there was one punt in the playoffs, which was amazing. Maybe, I'm not able to get into Packers, but yeah. It was against the Packers. And Rafter, that is kicker Young How Poo. Pretty good for the Atlanta, if I would say. Not too bad, not too good. Not the cover level, but he's nowhere near Mason Crosby. And well, and this is not to be not throwing shade at any players, and because we definitely think of all these players have potential and stuff like that, but we're just saying it out of opinion and where they currently are. Yeah. And also, you have to keep in mind about the 2019 offseason. Like, like the reason, okay, in my opinion, Amari Cooper is always slightly overrated, but what we really put him on this list was a hundred million dollar extension. So you kind of have to keep in mind that it's not always about the play. That wasn't this year already, that was the last year. Probably. It was this year, it was this last year. Okay, cool. Yeah, and that was it for today's episode, where we talked about the most overrated team and the most underrated team, if there were to be a such thing as that. But the conclusion, let's see which team would win a game. Yeah, so... Let us think, uh, like offense versus defense. Let's start out with my offense. So let me start off with basic card, core targets. I have Allen Robinson, Devontae Adams, Jared Cook. I'm just naming starters for now. Like, I'm just gonna use a basic set. One team. You win, you win, you win that matchup. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> Wait, you're, now your no. wide receivers, and those are your wide receivers. In my opinion, they're elite wide receivers. Yeah. And my corners are Byron Jones and Jetsman Trufant. <laughs> And my safeties are Xavier McKinney and Jeff Keith. You win. Yeah. Okay, now let's just go to your offense, which is my defense. My offense. Can you stop? Uh, can you stop Cooper, Thomas, Gronk, and Graham while Derrick Henry's trucking the D-line with Carlos Hyde in the backfield? <sighs> let's see. I'm the ultimate. I think I can stop down Derrick Henry somehow with P.J. Okay, so Yanni McGuffway and Yavea. I think that should combine to go pretty well again. Oh, but you forgot about Carlos Hyde. <laughs> okay, you might win the run game on that, but passing about- game. Passing nah, game the passing game is mine. I will honestly have to agree with that. So it should be a shootout of the game. Uh-huh. So Actually, not- I kind of want to see this game in real life. You know how we decide shoots out of the game? Oh. Flip a coin! <laughs> oh no. Okay, I'll take tail. <laughs> Ready? Set? Go! We got. Tails! Let's go! Let's go, Ready King, the NFL won the game. I won, let's go. <laughs> I mean, then again, are we, are we surprised? <laughs> And I think that pretty much concludes this episode of 
gridiron watch where we compare the most overrated team and the most underrated team by position. Signing off, gridiron watch.